Today's scripture reading is from the book of Exodus, chapter 20, verses 1 through 17. First, let us pray. Almighty God, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as scripture is read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. God spoke all these words to Moses on Mount Sinai. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above, or that is, in, that is on the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of parents to the third and the fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. For six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it, honoring your father and your mother, so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or male or female slave, or ox, or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. When it comes to the Ten Commandments, I can't help but think about Judge Roy Moore. Do you remember him? He was on two occasions the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court of Alabama. He was removed on both occasions. He most recently ran for a Senate seat in 2020. But the reason that most people remember him is because of a controversy around a large monument that he had commissioned and installed inside the Alabama State Judiciary Building. The enormous statue included a giant copy of the Ten Commandments. Now, to make a long story shorter, the monument was not permitted to remain in place, and so the judge hauled it from one public appearance to another before finally laying it to rest, so to speak, at his own Foundation for Moral Law in downtown Montgomery just about a year ago. Now, don't worry if you missed this. There were a few other things happening just about a year ago. 
but the monument's reinstallation brought to light a few key details about it, including the fact that Judge Moore's Ten Commandments weighed a total of 5,280 pounds. If you do the math, that's more than 500 pounds per commandment. And when the granite statue was put in its final place, a five-ton crane buckled under the weight of it. I wonder sometimes if that's how these Ten Commandments feel to us, impossibly heavy, causing even the most righteous and upright among us to buckle underneath their weight. And I wonder that especially since we find ourselves focusing on them just two weeks after we explored God's covenant with Noah. Now that covenant was unconditional, remember? God said, I will never again destroy the earth by flooding it. And nothing, not one thing, was asked of Noah or anyone else. But that is not the case with Moses and the Ten Commandments. The condition comes just a few verses beforehand. God says to Moses, Remember now that I set you free. Therefore, if you obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession. You shall be a priestly kingdom and a holy nation. If, if you obey my voice, and keep my covenant. And that if, it's enough to make your shoulders sag and your spirit sink, isn't it? It's two little letters, but they contain the weight of the world. A world that so often says you will be loved to the exact extent that you earn it. You will be valued in direct proportion to what you produce or achieve. You will be considered faithful as long as you live flawlessly. You will be offered the promise, but only if you can prove you're worthy of it. That's what that if and all of the instructions that follow it seem to carry Unless we get carried away and say to ourselves, that's just the way of the Old Testament, I'll point your attention to the Gospel of John, chapter 15, in which Jesus says, You are my friends, if you keep my commands. Whenever I find myself flummoxed by Scripture or even disappointed by it, I generally take that to mean I haven't plumbed its depths adequately. And so in my study this week, I read and reread every word of the book of Exodus several times. Here's what I finally noticed. The Ten Commandments are situated very carefully in that book. The story of Exodus before the commandments is the story of Israel's enslavement in Egypt and the way that God delivers them from bondage into freedom. 
The story of Exodus after the commandments are handed off is the recitation of astonishingly detailed instructions about where they should reside. It is astonishingly detailed instruction, all geared towards creating something breathtakingly beautiful with acacia wood and fine linen, with blues and purples and crimson, with golden threads and careful metalwork. What I'm saying is this. On the one side of the commandments is freedom. And on the other side of the commandments is beauty. Perhaps, just perhaps, what sits right in the middle is in fact not intended to be heavy or hard, but rather something that is part of that same transcendent trajectory from freedom into beauty. Surely God would not liberate God's people from slavery only to shackle them to another impossible and inhumane way of living. Surely God is not so cruel or conniving as that would require. I have come to believe wholeheartedly that God gives us the commandments so that we might have the best chance possible at a life that is replete with freedom and beauty, not weighted down with burden, but rather light enough that we can, in Scripture's own words, soar on the wings of eagles. Now I know, I know that that is a far cry and a long leap from if you obey my voice and keep my covenant. But don't miss this. Moses is the one who carried the tablets that said, you shall not murder. But Moses himself once took a human life. And as for the rest of God's people, well, Moses comes down the mountain with the first set of tablets, only to find them dancing around as they put the finishing touches on a golden calf. Moses is so upset by this that he drops the tablets, but as theologian Barbara Brown Taylor puts it, Moses let the tablets break, but only because the people had already broken them. If remaining in right relationship with God, and there's that if again, if remaining in right relationship with God requires full and perfect obedience to the law, then friends, it would have been over and done with right then and there. If a mistake or a misstep was enough for God to wipe his hands clean and brush the dust off her sandals and call it a day, if disappointment was reason enough for God to desert us, if wrong answers or a third strike or spilled milk or a golden calf were enough for God to give up on us, that would have been that. And the Bible would be a heck of a lot shorter than it is. But it wasn't. And it isn't. Exodus shows us clearly that left to our own devices, we humans are a bit of a hot mess and a mixed bag. But that is not new information for God. We have been that way from the beginning. And even still, God keeps choosing to love us. 
the commandments that God issues as part of the covenant with Moses, they are not conditions on that promise. They are actually part of the promise itself. God is not making love conditional. God is actually extending what love looks like and how far love can reach. It was love that compelled God to set the Israelites free, to give them their lives back. And it is love that compels God to issue some commandments so that those lives, so that those lives would be worth living. How about this? God says, Honor the Lord your God, because I am the one who has brought you this far already. I am your source and your strength, and I am your road home. Don't waste your time worshiping anything other than me, because at some point, in some way, it will let you down and it will break your heart. So spare yourself that pain, won't you? Don't use my name casually. You know my name because I have drawn close to you and I will never be casual in my treatment of you, I promise. Remember the Sabbath because it will give you a chance to take a break from what you do and remember who you are. Honor your parents, whoever they are, because good or bad, they are the reason you can breathe they gave you your place in the story. Now, honoring is not the same as idolizing or even obeying. Because, yes, relationships are complex. What I'm saying is remember that none of us got where we are all on our own. Do not murder. Do not take a life and do not sit quietly or complacently by as another life is taken. Do not withhold from anyone that which is life-giving, whether it is rights or respect, space or security, food or freedom. Do not compromise the trust someone places in you. Do not ever forget how fragile the human heart is, a heart that beats, but also a heart that breaks. When you are presented with an opportunity to knowingly rupture a relationship, resist it at all costs, because the resulting burden is so heavy, it will weigh upon everyone, even you. Do not take what isn't yours. And while we're at it, don't take more than you could ever need either. There's more than enough once you figure out that life has never been a zero-sum game. Do not bear false witness. Do not spread stories of false news. Your word is your bond and only the truth will set you free. If along the way you forget what truth is or what it looks like or sounds like, remember this. I am the way and I am the truth and I am the life. Do not wish you had what others have. It is a slippery slope that ensures happiness will always elude you. Rejoice with those who rejoice, give thanks for what you have, and eventually you too will discover that the only treasures worth having are heavenly ones. 
because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So set your heart free. That's what I'm trying to tell you. These are the commandments I am giving you, God says, because I set you free once already from everything that held you down and held you back. And this instruction, this guidance, it is your best chance of taking the life I have given you and living it to its fullest and best capacity. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. I know. I know God says, if you obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession. We are God's people. We are God's treasured possession. There is no way around it. But if we obey God's voice and keep God's covenant, well, then we'll never forget it. We'll never forget that we are God's treasure, that we are God's beloved. And before you know it, we'll find ourselves living like we believe it's true too. Robert Wuthnow, an American sociologist, he says that stories and memories can become so planted in our minds that they act back upon us. He tells the story of Jack Casey, a volunteer firefighter who, as a child, had some teeth pulled under general anesthesia. Jack was terrified, but one of the nurses said, don't worry, I'll be right here beside you, no matter what happens. I'll be right here the whole time. And when Jack woke up, he saw that she had kept her word. She was still standing right beside him. Twenty years later, Mr. Casey was called to the scene of an accident. The driver was pinned upside down in his truck, and Jack crawled inside to try and release him from the wreckage. Gas was dripping on them both, and power tools were ultimately required to get the driver out. The whole time, the man kept repeating that he was afraid to die, that he didn't want to die. And every time, Jack replied to him, don't worry, I'll be right here beside you the entire time, no matter what happens. I'll be right here the whole time. Later, after the man was safe, the driver told Jack, you are an idiot. What were you thinking? If anything had gone wrong, you would have died too. In reply, Jack simply said, Somewhere deep inside of me, I just knew I couldn't leave you. I think that's the way the commandments work. We are found, we are rescued, we are set free. And what follows is a life beautifully shaped around and in response to that liberating act of love. I'll be right here beside you, no matter what happens. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the house of slavery.
Freedom on one side, beauty on the other. And the gift of our lives, friends, is tucked right in between. Pray with me. Gracious God, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.